the best in Gainesville and the Ethics and Business Award. Trust the team at Crime Prevention to secure your home, family, and business. They're large enough to serve you, small enough to care. Welcome to Inside the Huddle with former Gator QB Shane Matthews, WRUF Steve Russell, and the Hall of Famer, the head ball coach, Steve Spurrier. The Gators have won the ball game on a bomb. Inside the Huddle is brought to you by Crime Prevention Security Systems and Titan MRI. Now, let's head to the studio with Shane, Steve, and the HBC, Steve Spurrier, on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Welcome into our Inside the Huddle podcast for this week. Jake Hitt is producing it. I'm Steve Russell. The head ball coach, Steve Spurrier, Shane Matthews alongside. we got a really good hour for you. Going to look at uh, Florida, Tennessee from last week. Look ahead to Towson and uh, look around the SEC and nationally in college football as well. Guys, let's, let's start with, you know, Coach, you know, I, I lament this a lot because when, when Tennessee and Florida played in, in your time, awfully important game. It usually started the SEC season, and the winner got a big leg up, but Tennessee just overmatched this past weekend. Yeah, Tennessee's not quite as good as they used to be, but 25 years ago, you know, Steve, we brought back our 94 SEC champ team, and ironically, we beat them 31 to nothing. And then, of course, this week our Gators beat them 34 to 3, 31 points both years. So maybe 25 years ago, a lot hasn't changed. Let's hope <laughs> it keeps going like that. But yeah, our guys played very well. In fact, I'll talk a little bit uh, later on about uh, Florida's going to be my team uh, of the week last week and uh, even the assistant coaches. So we'll get to that in a minute. Shane, when you looked at Tennessee, you, I mean, to me, th- there's all kinds of names you can run down over the years. They just don't seem to have the talent. They don't, Steve. Uh, you know, you go back, they, you know, they had the Peyton Mannings, the Jamal Lewis's, Travis Stevens, Dale Carter's. I mean, they, they had so many good players in the 90s. And, you know, they had a few, few decent teams in the 2000s. But uh, from a talent standpoint, you know, we talked yesterday. I, I'm not sure there's one guy in their starting 22 that you'd want to trade for, <laughs> you know. So that, that shows you how much they've fallen off. And, um, I, ooh, it's going to be a rough year there in Rocky Top. Well, sometimes you wonder, yeah, what the attitude is around teams that don't seem to be playing all out and so forth. And uh, certainly Tennessee looks like they're not as aggressive as uh, a lot of teams, uh, not near as aggressive as our team was uh, this past Saturday. Uh, but, again, still a lot, of, a lot of season left. They could come back. You know, they came back beat Auburn last year in a big win. So they, they're, they're quick capable of winning some ball games. They, they'll have a tough four-game stretch. There's a bye in there, but uh, I believe it's what, Mississippi State, um, Georgia, and Alabama, uh, and then a bye week in there. Coach, do you think there's any chance if, uh, you know, like Steve just said, they, they got Mississippi State, Alabama, and Georgia? You know, they could easily be sitting at one and seven or something along those lines. Any chance? I mean, we talked a couple of weeks ago about Phil Former maybe heading down to the sidelines. You think that's a possibility? I don't know, Shane. Uh, he seemed uh, okay before the game. Uh, he wasn't very happy towards the end of the game. He left and just said, We got a bad team. And 
that, that was all I said to him. Basically, I saw him before the game uh, briefly. But I no, that's uh, you know that's their issues up there. They've hired a coach. They're paying all kinds of money for all these assistant coaches. Uh, I heard uh, Pruitt say before the season, we got the best assistant coaches in America. So if they got the best coaches and and so forth, and uh, they got plenty of money up there to spend on everything, then uh, they they should be doing a little bit better. Let's talk about the position uh, both of you have played and coached. When you watch Kyle Trask, Steve, what did you see from him against Tennessee? Yeah, Kyle had a good game. He had a good game uh, and threw the ball beautifully to his receivers, uh, sort of the post, the deep post uh, crossing route to uh, – who was that across that? Josh. Freddie Swain. Swain's got that one, yeah. Swain got that one. That was a beautiful throw. So he played well. He did number 11 proud, I told him, <laughs> after the game. And, uh, but he can get better. You know, he held the ball a little too long, got hit and fumbled one. Uh, but our defense, of course, bailed, bailed us out. Uh, I think we had four turnovers. And uh, they didn't get any points, I don't think, off of them. So uh, when you got a defense like we got right now, then he just needs to play smart, take care of it, hit the guys that are open, and he's very capable of doing that. Yeah, I thought he played well. He's efficient. I mean, he completed a lot of balls. You know, that, that's you know the object of playing quarterback is throw completions, and he did that. You know, he did have two interceptions. Uh, you know, he'll learn from those. They kind of played a two-man coverage on a corner route to crawl. Uh, with the guy over the top and a, and a guy trailing underneath, and, and the underneath guy picked it. And then the deep ball that he threw, uh, it was a single safety, and he threw it too late. And that's why the, there were two defenders there that, that were able to intercept it. So uh, I, I think the, the, the worst play he made was holding the ball too long in, in, in the pocket. He's got to get a better timing mechanism going. But I thought he played well. You know, the only thing from a fundamental standpoint that I see, sometimes he gets flat-footed and he just stands there like a statue instead of on the balls of your feet like a boxer. Uh, but that's something that I saw he did with McElwain. And, and once you have that habit, it, it's hard to break. But he, he's smart. He knows where to go with the football. Uh, you know, it'd be good for him to get some more playing time against Towson before Auburn rolls in. One of the things, too, that I, that I like about him, guys, is that he checks down. If a play's not there, he'll check down and he'll take, you know, if it's second and two or second and three. Do you see that as well, Coach, that he'll check the ball down? Yeah, hopefully. That's what you're supposed to do, especially if it's a first down pass. Throw completions. Uh, Shane will tell you that's what quarterback's supposed to do. Now, if it's third and eight, third and ten, hey, throw for the first down. Right. Don't throw that little swing pass if you got any chance at all to get it downfield. But that's just, you know, common sense of playing quarterback. Uh, Throw the ball for first downs if you can. If not, check it down a bit and go to the next play. All right, time for the play of the week. It's brought to you by Campus USA Credit Union. Put some star power to work in your financial life with Campus USA Credit Union. Play of the week, guys. What do you got, Shane? Well, I think we came up with the uh, deep post route that he threw to uh, Freddie Swain for the touchdown. It was a beautiful throw because he, you know, they actually had pretty good coverage on that one play, but he threw it to the open area and and I liked how uh, we, we took a tighter split and we ran uh, what we called the fork play back in the day where the, the outside guy runs the post the inside guy runs a corner and you got somebody in the flat to control the flat defender and a lot of teams they line that post guy way out there to give more room well if you line up really wide the defender is going to play inside leverage on you and so that kind of takes away the post but we took a tighter split on that Freddie gave a little stick to the corner and it allowed some green grass for us to throw him open. And uh, that was my favorite throw of the day for, by far. Yeah, I agree. That was a beautiful throw. Hit him on the dead run and uh, did a little look off of the safety, kept him over a bit, and uh, Swain ran right through the ball beautifully. 
Guys, when you watched, when Billy Gonzalez was here the first time and they used to have more open practices, uh, I watched how he coached. First of all, if you're going to play wide receiver for him, you're going to block. I mean, that, that I think is a prerequisite. I think we've seen that. But in terms of route running and how you see the receivers run routes, what do you all see? Well, I think they've gotten better. I thought, you know, you go back and you watch the tape of the Miami game, we didn't get a whole lot of separation. But I think, you know, sometimes when you get a lot of press coverage, and Coach can talk more about this, uh, guys get so impatient in their route running and they just want to just take off running and try to outrun guys and not, you know, give them something at the line or put your foot in the ground at the top of your at your route. So I think we've gotten better there. Obviously, you know, we've gotten open the last two weeks and Kyle's hit these guys. We haven't had any drops, and, and not that I can think of. And that goes to show you Kyle's throwing a catchable ball, but these guys are making plays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also they block so well, uh, Shane. We may have beaten Miami strictly because two receivers blocked about four guys on that little swing pass that Pitts caught. They got us down to the two-yard line, and Felipe scored the next play against Miami. That, that was a huge play in that game. Uh, the way our receivers blocked for the – each other and for running backs is really impressive. Okay, quarterbacks, I'm going to lean on you here. Speaking of Pitts, Coach, he, I want to talk about him. He's become a, a real weapon for Florida at the tight end position. They can split him out. They can keep him attached to the line. But when you when you look at him and you see a particular guy on him, if it's a linebacker or whatever, does that help dictate coverage when you mm-hmm. see that? Well, it depends on what pattern's called. Uh, generally, and Shane will tell you, uh, you get a pass play, and then you look at the coverage and figure out who, who should be open. If he's not, then you, you go to the next guy and so forth. But uh, we throw a lot of those little swing passes, and, and Pitts is real good catching it down downfield like we did against Kentucky. Uh, gosh, he got it, split some guys, made an extra 15 or 20 yards on, on the play that, that led to a touchdown in the fourth quarter there. So, uh, again, it, it depends on the pattern that's called. Yeah, and I think the one thing that you see what they've been trying to do with Pitts is, you know, sometimes they put him on the single receiver side, split him out, and that allows the quarterback to get a pre-snap read. If a linebacker or safety walks out on him, then you got man coverage. If a corner's out there, you know it's zone. So then that gives you – you can process the information, kind of know where what side of the field you need to work. But when he's – when he's got that tight split, too, from the tight end position, you know, I think the first touchdown was what we call like a cover two post. It's it's like a seam when you, you know, you kind of bend it in a little bit between the two safeties. And he ran a great, great route, and, and Kyle threw him a high straight ball, and he caught it and rumbled into the end zone. All right, well, that is Tennessee. Coming up, Coach Spurrier always has said he's only so many home games in the swamp. And you got one more coming up this week. We'll take a closer look at Towson. Stay with us as our Inside the Huddle podcast continues. Everyone is raving about Titan MRI with the highest rated MRI facilities in town. Titan MRI is the place to go. Titan MRI is the only locally owned and operated MRI center in town. Joe and his staff have more than two decades of experience in Gainesville and they've helped heal thousands of athletes in the local area. At Titan MRI, the average scan time is 10 to 15 minutes, so you'll have plenty of time to get back to work and live in a life pain-free. Don't wait. Tell your doctor to refer you to Titan MRI. 
MRI or call them today at 672-6644. Crime Prevention Security Systems has provided security and life safety to families and businesses in Gainesville and surrounding areas since 1975. Their mobile app makes security and home automation easy to use and affordable. With fast access to lighting control, doorbell cameras, and thermostats, crime prevention and security, and so much more. Contact them today, 352-376-1499 or cpss.net. Hi, I'm Coach Steve Spurrier, and I am a member of the Campus USA Credit Union. The Gator Nation has been counting on Campus USA Credit Union for over 80 years. Campus supports the Gators and our community. Campus membership is open to all UF students, faculty, staff, and alumni. Come see why over 100,000 members, like me, count on Campus USA Credit Union. So put some star power to work in your financial life. Visit CampusCU.com and join today. The Science and Inventions of Football theme is kicked off at the Cade Museum. You can see inventions that have transformed every aspect of the game of football from player training to on-field play and how the game is viewed. Catch an inspirational talk with legendary football player and coach Steve Spurrier on September 26th starting at 7.15 p.m. at the Cade Museum for Creativity and Invention in Gainesville. Register at cademuseum.org slash calendar. Again, that's cademuseum.org slash calendar. I'm Steve Spurrier, sometimes called the head ball coach, and I'm here to tell you I got the SUV that I drive from Davis. Yeah, Coach, the word is out, and everybody is loving what's going on at Davis, Gainesville, Chevrolet, and Palm Chevrolet down in Ocala. I stopped by each of the dealerships last week and saw tremendous deals all over the place and also all over the place, orange and blue. What's that mean, Coach? If you bleed orange and blue, Davis is the place for you. Davis Automotive Group, the official hometown automotive partner of the Florida Gators. Inside the Huddle with Shane Matthews, Steve Russell, and Steve Spurrier on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. At Titan MRI, you'll visit the only locally owned and operated MRI imaging center in town. Call them up and start feeling better today. That's TitanMRI.com. Welcome back to Inside the Huddle. Time now for our questions of the week brought to you by Davis Chevrolet, the official hometown automotive sponsor of the Florida Gators, Real Gators Drive Davis. And by the way, if you want to submit a question uh, for the question of the week, you can do that at InsideTheHuddleHBC.com. Okay, lots of questions. Here we go, guys. Uh, Coach Spurrier from Patrick, what is your favorite win of your career? Oh, Patrick, I got too many uh, to say what was the favorite, but I can tell you one of the most important, uh, one of the more, most important wins I ever had in my life. Uh, I'm coaching at Duke University in 1989, and we're 1-3 after the first four games, and some things happened. We had Clemson coming to town, and they were number seven in the country. They were 4-0. We're about 21 or two-point underdogs. And uh, some things happened that week of the game. We found a running back. We found a defensive player that made tackles all over the place. And uh, we, we ended up beating them uh, 21-17. And we went on and won the rest of the games the rest of the season. And that's why I got the Florida job. I would never have been here to coach Florida if we don't beat Clemson in 1989. So you look back and say, man, thank you, Lord, for that one. Because it led, what it led to uh, is 89, we had that ACC championship, and then at Florida the next year we started winning them uh, down here. All right, next one is from Matt in Orlando. 
Um, he said, Coach, over your amazing career, you've taken three different teams over three different decades to Knoxville and come out a winner. He said, Duke in 88, Florida in 94, 96, and 2000, and Carolina 2005 and 2011. He says, P.S., thanks for the Apollos Championship. He's from Orlando. And he said, which one of those <laughs> was your favorite? <laughs> okay, I've been asked that several times. What was your favorite win at Rocky Top? And most people don't believe it when I say my favorite win, I was an assistant coach at Duke. And this is way, way back in 82. Uh, they had a defensive end, Reggie White, NFL Hall of Famer, Willie Galt, a wide receiver. They had all kind of ball players on that team. But they, they weren't quite ready to play, I don't think. They were sort of flat. But anyway, uh, some things happened. We actually ran the ball extremely well in the fourth quarter, and we beat them 25-24. Now, as a kid growing up in East Tennessee, Johnson City, uh, I'd been to a bunch of UT games, and this, this was my first time ever competing there as an opponent. Now, Florida, we never played up there. We never played Tennessee there all, all the time I was, I was here. So uh, this was my first time to go into a stadium that I went to a game as a kid, you know, sitting up in the, I say up in the stands. A lot of times we were in those end zone bleachers where my dad got free tickets. That's where we were. Uh, but anyway, we, uh, we came out of Rocky Top with a 25-24 win. And for a, a guy in his, uh, what, fourth, fifth year ever as an assistant coach, that was probably my favorite win right there. All right, so for, for all of us here, Steven says, are you guys in favor of playing more power five teams yearly, or do you like the smaller schools having a shot at the big boys? Uh, I'd like to see more power five schools. I, I think, you know, this year we've had, you know, the, the Towsons coming to, coming to town and then uh, UT Martin. You know, if you could substitute those for, you know, maybe a Fresno State or a team like that, that would be much better. But, you know, I still wish we would somehow tweak the SEC schedule because it, it it's silly. I mean, I, I love playing LSU every year. Uh, but, you know, we get Auburn this year, which, I mean, you're talking about number what, number three in the country and number seven in the country. And then other teams don't have to play uh, the tough teams that we do. But, you know, we get to go to Ole Miss next year. But, you know, I don't know when the next time we'll play Texas A&M. I think somebody said it last time was when Muschamp was here. It'd be like 20-something years later. So that's what I wish they would tweak is the SEC schedule. Uh, Steve, uh, I sort of think what we did at South Carolina and a lot of what we did here also was, was pretty uh, consistent in what each team should do. Uh, we got 12 games now. We got eight conference games. Uh, play maybe two teams uh, from power conferences around the country, if it's ACC or Big Ten or whoever, uh, see if we could get that schedule. And then a couple of teams, uh, gee, UCF, if, we think we can play those guys or, or a team that's not in the power, power conference. But you can schedule yourself. Right now, Auburn has played way more difficult schedule than Alabama, and it may catch up with them late, late in the year. Uh, in Alabama, I mean, they're fresh. They're, they're getting ready for LSU and Auburn and the big games that are coming down the stretch. So nobody said uh, college football was fair in recruiting the same teams, Alabama, Clemson. Ohio State, uh, Oklahoma, they're all one through five in recruiting every year. So nobody said it was fair, but you, sometimes you can upset those, those teams that, uh, that maybe have, have what are considered the best players. Coach, do you think if, if they were to go uh, do away with the Towsons and the UT Martins of the world, 
could those football programs survive mm-hmm. not playing the big boys because they don't get the payday? Yeah, that's one thing that helps those teams, too. Uh, every year, uh, when I was at South Carolina, we'd bring in South Carolina State or Furman or, or one of the in-state schools, Coastal Carolina. The coach always said, thanks for playing us. We, we gave you a good game or whatever. And uh, one year, Wofford almost beat us. They run that triple option thing, and it was 10-7 to 7 in the fourth quarter. And we got a break or two and ended up winning the game. But uh, they, they're appreciative to get a good paycheck. So it does help the in-state schools, and uh, we, we were happy to do that. Final question uh, from Joseph Coach. Is your restaurant still coming to town in 2020? Yeah, we're all set with that restaurant. Uh, Freddie Weeby and uh, a bunch of our guys were interviewing potential managers right now. And uh, we were interviewed some guys actually yesterday and a few more today, I think, uh, two or three. And, uh, you know, I started thinking about when you run a restaurant, it's like being the head coach. you got a bunch of guys you got to inspire. you got to practice enthusiasm every day and, and uh, try to be as uh, perfect as you can in your job uh, every day to have a successful restaurant. All the guys you interview, you ask them what makes for a, a really good, successful restaurant, and they say it's the people. It starts with the people, just like really a football team. You start with your coaches and your players and uh, the, the assistants and the all the people involved, and in, in that what's what makes a, a successful team. All right, now let's get to Towson. Speaking of, you know, one of those teams that is going to get a little help. Um, by the way, you can email questions for Coach uh, at Inside the Huddle. Go ahead and put that up again for me, Freddie. Please, that sign. Thank you. I just lost mine. Uh, in question at Inside the Huddle HBC dot com. Thank you for doing that, um, Coach. In his career, 53-0 and against non-conference foes. So, Coach, I guess the question is, how did you motivate your teams to play and get those wins against teams that, you know, you look on paper, you should beat? Yeah, the uh, sort of down-the-line teams, as sometimes they're referred to, if they're not a Power 5 team, a non-Power 5 team or whatever, uh, we tried always go one game at a time. Uh, John Wooden, of course uh, – He's my favorite coach of all time and his books and uh, his lectures and so forth. And, and one thing he always stressed to his guys was uh, don't dwell on last week's game and never look ahead. Always look at your next opponent when it's over. Uh, we'll either be happy or sad a little bit, but hopefully happy, and then prepare for your next opponent. So we tried to do that. I remember we were playing, uh, I think it was Furman or somebody up there, and I was giving the guys a little talk. This is the biggest game of our lives because it's the one coming up, and if we go out there sort of half-cocked and act like we don't care, they can beat us. And one of the guys yelled out, said, Coach, ain't no way these guys can beat us. And I said, that attitude right there is how you get beat. That's how you get upset. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I always told uh, our players, our coaches, our team, uh, when the journey's over, the season's over, whatever our record is, you, you pretty much wear it right across your forehead. When you travel around the country, I used to play in that Lake Tahoe golf tournament and see the guys once a year. And, hey, Coach, how'd y'all do last year? They don't keep up with Florida guys from California and so forth. They say, what was your record? They don't ask who you beat or anything. They just want to know what your record is. So uh, at the end of the year, that is re- there's a lot of things very important in a football season. But probably the most important thing you can do is, hey, what's your record? Shane, when you were playing, did you have that same kind of attitude? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, Coach 
basically told us, you know, it doesn't matter who you're playing, our job's to go out and execute and try to play a perfect game. You, you know, you, you're never going to play a perfect game, but that's what you strive to do. And, you know, when we played these type of games, it, it was an opportunity that we wanted to go out and, and jump on a team early, try to put them away because we knew how important the rest of the guys that ran the scout team, the backups that never really get to play, but they're there for the summer conditioning, workouts, you know they're practicing just as much as we are they're sitting in meetings never seeing themselves on tape this is an opportunity that you hope that those guys get to get in and get to play in the swamp yeah those guys had a little extra hop in their step didn't they Shane during practice that week we know we're getting in probably third quarter this week and and away we go Uh, Dabo Sweeney did something last week Uh, maybe it's a record Uh, they played UNC Charlotte uh, at Tiger Stadium there, and uh, he played 111 players got in the game. Wow. wow. All the walk-ons that come out there and help them out, you know, during the week, he said, you guys are playing this week. I, I actually watched a little bit of that game, and it was late in the game. <laughs> he was feeding his kids the wide receiver screen because, you know, he's got two kids that are wide receivers on the team. Yeah. But uh, it was cool because he'd throw the wide receiver screen and his son would you know, go 15 yards, he'd run off, and Dabo gave him a big hug on the sideline. And then, cool. and then his, one of his sons dropped a punt at the end of the oh, game. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, he drops a punt, hits him, sort of bounces off, and UNC Charlotte picked it up and scored. And uh, I think they may have covered the spread, somebody said, <laughs> with that. And they showed his son coming off, and of course Dabo saying, "What, what the heck's going on out there?" And he, he sort of faded back into the background, uh, like I didn't do it on purpose, Dad. I didn't do it on purpose, but it was sort of funny that uh, his son dropped a pun. I don't think he's going to be back there in the big games. Much more to come. We'll take a look at what happened around the league last week. Look ahead to this week. A whole lot more as we continue with our Inside the Huddle podcast. Crime Prevention Security Systems has provided security and life safety to families and businesses in Gainesville and surrounding areas since 1975. Their mobile app makes security and home automation easy to use and affordable. With fast access to lighting control, doorbell cameras, and thermostats, crime prevention and security, and so much more. Contact them today, 352-376-1499 or cpss.net. Everyone is raving about Titan MRI with the highest rated MRI facilities in town. Titan MRI is the place to go. Titan MRI is the only locally owned and operated MRI center in town. Joe and his staff have more than two decades of experience in Gainesville, and they've helped heal thousands of athletes in the local area. At Titan MRI, the average scan time is... 10 to 15 minutes so you'll have plenty of time to get back to work and live in a life pain-free don't wait tell your doctor to refer you to titan mri or call them today at 672-6644 hi this is steve spurrier here and i have some wonderful news for the gator nation our new restaurant spurrier's is opening at celebration point in june of 2020 spurs is going to be a restaurant to come to celebrate Gator victories, anniversaries, birthdays, whatever. There's no better place than Celebration Point in Gainesville. Spurrier's going to be one-of-a-kind restaurant with an exciting atmosphere and wonderful food. I'll see you at Celebration Point where the Gators come to celebrate. 
Levántate con el mejor café cubana y comida cubana norte de Miami. Uh, I need the English version today, please. Wake up to the best Cuban food and coffee north of Miami with Miapa Latin Cafe. Their breakfast sandwiches and arepas are made using the most authentic ingredients. Enjoy Cuban classics like ropa vieja and arroz con pollo. With great food, affordable prices, and friendly service from 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. every day, you can't beat the Miapa way. Visit them in either of their locations in Gainesville and Alachua. Miapa Latin Cafe. A proud supporter of the Florida Gators. Inside the Huddle with Shane Matthews, Steve Russell, and Steve Spurrier on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. Worry less with crime prevention security systems by preventing package theft with their doorbell camera. Contact them today at cpss.net. Welcome back to our Inside the Huddle podcast. Alongside Steve Spurrier and Shane Matthews, I'm Steve Russell. Jake Hitt is producing it. Time now, fellas, for our Team of the Week, brought to you by Celebration Point, where Gators come to celebrate. All right, Shane, who's your Team of the Week? Mine is going to be the Tulane Green Wave. Wow. Uh, they won a crazy game last Thursday night against a, a Houston team that a lot of people thought were going to be pretty good this year. But it was 31-31 with, like, 15 seconds left in the game, Steve. Uh, they, they they lined up for the victory formation to go into overtime, but faked it and ran a sweep for about 20 yards. Then the very next play, the quarterback throws a seam route. Guy makes an unbelievable catch and outruns everybody, and uh, they upset Houston. My team of the week is UCLA. I mean, you talk about a program needing a win, and they look like they were buried mm-hmm. and remarkably come back and win a wild game and I'm not a big chip kelly fan but it's just for ucla because they the way they won and, and came back they're my team of the week okay uh yeah the gators were sort of my team of the week but i'm gonna give another team uh, a little shout out uh coach wilcox at california they mm. went to Ole miss and eked out a victory there on a questionable referee call to end the game uh, but the Cal Bears are 4-0. I think it's the best start in 25 years or something. I don't know what up there. But anyway, I played with his dad with the 49ers, Dave Wilcox. So, oh, the linebacker, uh, yeah. Yeah, oh, he was, uh, I think, a Hall of Fame He linebacker, is a Hall of Fame. Dave yep. Wilcox. So it's good to see his kid out there. Uh, they're 4-0, the California Bears. All right, now let's go to the Coach of the Week. It's brought to you by Miapa Latin Cafe, the best Cuban coffee mm-hmm. in Gator country. Who's your coach of the week, Shane? Uh, I'm going uh, down to the Plains in Auburn with Gus Malzahn. I thought he had his team ready to play going into a hostile environment there uh, in College Station. I don't think a lot of people thought they could win. Now, they didn't do a whole lot offensively, but they didn't turn it over. Uh, but their defense is outstanding. They forced Kellamon in some turnovers that gave mm-hmm. them a short field. So, uh, you know, because their schedule is brutal. And for, that was a game that they a lot of people didn't think they could win. They went in there and found a way. So Gus Malzahn is my coach of the week. Okay. Last week, Shane had an assistant coach as a coach of the week, and I'm going with an assistant, Todd Grantham, our Gator defensive coordinator. I talked to him this week, and I said, I said, man, our team is playing fast. Uh, we're all over the place. We disguise defenses. We give teams different looks. We don't just sit there and say, hey, here's our defense. Let me see what you can do. No, nah, these guys are all over the place. And the co uh, assistant coach of the week is Nick Savage, our conditioning coach. Strength and conditioning. Everybody thinks, uh, well, who's the strength coach? 
Well, it's really the conditioning coach. Strength and conditioning coach is his title. I watch these guys in the weight room a lot uh, through the course of the year, but uh, I don't know if people realize they're usually up at 6, 6.30 all summer, uh, three to four days a week, uh, working out, running, and, and in the weight room also. But conditioning. Uh, John Wooden used to always say conditioning will pay huge dividends before the first half is over. And our team was the best conditioned out there Saturday. And a lot of people don't realize maybe the best-conditioned team wins the game. The X's and O's sometimes get lost. But when your guys can play at a full-speed level like that for four quarters, that's called conditioning. Well, my coach of the week is easy. It's Pat Narduzzi mm-hmm. of Pittsburgh just because they beat UCF. Mm-hmm. And now we can stop with this stuff about UCF going you know, wherever they're going. And uh, Look, give them all the credit in the world. Their program is developed. They, they certainly have earned that. And I like it. It's good for the state, but you you can't make that claim every year. And and now I think Pittsburgh is what two and two. The Stanford team they beat is one and three. So uh, Pat Narduzzi and and they had just lost a close game to Penn State the week before and mm-hmm. played Penn State pretty well. So uh, that is my coach of the week. All right, now, coach, let's do chalk talk. One of my favorite mm-hmm. times here. Coach has a play drawn up. And he's going to call Shane up for it. So, Steve, have at it. Okay, this play is uh, basically a, a play for a three-deep defense. Three-deep, four-short defense. I don't know if we can see that up there. And we're going to try to hit the seam area of the defense. As you can see, that cover three there. I'm going to circle where the open area of the field is. And then I'll bring Shane up to tell you what the quarterback is taught to do on this play. Cool. Move the mic here for you. Okay. Okay. All right. Kirk Kirkpatrick caught this a whole bunch in 90, and then our tight ends and wide receivers caught it uh, later on. Okay. This is uh, a play that we're trying to hit between the safety and the corner. It'll pick you up, Steve. Go ahead. Okay. All right. We're trying to hit right in here. They can tell that's the open area of the defense. Tight end's going to get out in here and sort of expect it at about. 18 to 20, somewhere in there, 22. This guy's going to get around this guy and get in this area. These guys are going to get a little wider and try to sprint these guys out. Uh, occasionally, uh, we'll give a little quick fake draw or something like that, but the quarterback is going to take five steps, and then Shane will tell you what he's going to do after that. But we're trying to hit these areas right here. Either one just depends on what the safety does. Okay, Shane. Like Coach said, uh, it's, it's designed for three deep or a one high safety quarterback. You're going to make a draw fake, get your eyes right here on this safety. And if he stays in the middle of the field, you're going to hitch on him and throw a high straight ball to whichever side you want it. Like Coach said, 18 to 22 yards. But sometimes you can kind of, depending on who this guy is or, or your pre-snap read, you may want to, after you hitch, just get your eyes right here to get him to move. And that gives you more of a throwing lane right there. Um, you also have to, you can't throw it any deeper than 18 to 22 yards. If you sling it down here, the safety in the corner can make a play on it. And, but you got to throw a high straight ball high enough mm-hmm. to get it over the linebackers, but you know, not too high. Um, then sometimes on this play, if you get press coverage on the outside, that gives you a chance. If you like your matchup, you can throw the go route to one of your receivers on the outside. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and then if for whatever reason, the draw fake, these linebackers, get deep in their zone. Our back is checking down right here. We throw it, check it down to him. And then we also give them the option of breaking either left or right if it is man coverage. 
But the idea of this play is to hit one of these seams at 18 to 22 yards with a high straight ball. Wow. Okay, like Shane. Yeah. The last time I uh, actually called this might, might have been against Birmingham in the Alliance. Garrett Gilbert was our quarterback. And we got in a formation that we knew they would play uh, cover three. So uh, we sort of had a guy tied in here, Bernal Hall, real fast guy. And all he did was just take off that way as fast as he could. Our tight end ran the, uh, the seam route. And uh, we told Garrett, we made just a quick little fake. I said, I want you to just look like you're going to throw it right there. So he made a quick little fake. I said, look right there. We got this guy actually running. Tight end caught the ball standing up in the end zone. So the quarterback, he can move around that safety if he does a good job acting like he wants to throw it over on this side. Coach, um, you mentioned Gilbert. Uh, what kind of a quarterback was he for you? Uh, uh, Garrett Gilbert was uh, a lot like Shane and like, like the guys we had here. He could run a little bit, but he was more of a drop-back passer. And we had excellent tailback, Dearness Johnson, who actually made the Cleveland Brown team also. But they're up there as backups right now. But he a beautiful passer, threw a very catchable ball, and uh, it's good to see him on an NFL roster right now. If he gets a chance to play, I think he can play better than some of those guys that are playing right now on some of those teams. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite times is that chalk talk right there. Mm -hmm. All right, let's take a look back, guys, last week at what happened uh, around our league, and I guess it really starts with Auburn. Shane, you mentioned it. I don't think a lot of people thought they'd go to College Station and win and, you know, the quarterback there, Nick's throws for 100 yards. That's it. And they still win. And I know you're very high on Auburn's defense. Well, I think their defense might be the best in the country. Uh, their front seven is just nasty. Um, you know, I, offensively, if Nick's doesn't turn it over, that's going to be kind of their formula of winning right now until he becomes the quarterback they want. But Gus wants to run the football. He wants to run it out of all that smoke and mirrors, those jet motions and all that that – it's basically just silly stuff to screw up the eye discipline of the defense. Eye candy. Eye candy, yeah. And they have they have guys that can run those jet sweeps that have tremendous speed. Um, but, yeah, I was very impressed with Auburn going on the road. I didn't think they could beat A&M there. And I would have never thought they'd beat A&M there if the quarterback only threw for 100 yards. Yeah, I tell you what, uh, Auburn's got that fast kid. Mm -hmm. I forget his name. Number right? five. Yeah, he, he ran that reverse, and they couldn't catch him. And uh, so they get it to him four or five times a game with all that kind of stuff. But uh, you're right, Auburn's defense looks to be right now as good as maybe Florida's. Mm -hmm. Our defense looks awful good too. But, uh, yeah, a lot of ball left, as we all know. And uh, But you got to give uh, Auburn and Gus and those guys credit. A&M. Uh, you know, everybody can't win. Preseason, everybody's going to be good and this, that, and the other. And uh, In the South, we all play each other. So, I mean, Alabama's still got to play all those guys. And, and Texas A&M, they got a difficult schedule all the time. So, uh, uh, it's interesting. Preseason, everybody looks pretty good, but uh, everybody can't win. So what, uh, What's interesting about A&M is, you know, they played Clemson. It was 14-3. to They have a good play called on a long run by Kellen Mond. He fumbles. And then – it's it's over. Same exact scenario against Auburn. It was fourteen to three. First play of the second half, they bust a draw or something for about eighteen yards. The kid fumbles, and then Auburn takes it in, and the game was over. Got to take care of the ball. A couple of teams I want to ask about, guys: LSU and Georgia. Um, you know, Joe Burrow had six more touchdowns last week. Threw for almost four hundred yards. Their defense is, you know, was normally is very good. They gave up 38 to Vanderbilt. So, two-part question, 
What do you see in LSU's offense, and is, and is that defense a concern if you're an LSU fan down the road? Well, I would think so. I don't think they've ever seen their defenses ever give up 38 points to Vanderbilt, and, and they gave a bunch of points up to, uh, to Texas. So mm-hmm. it's almost like they've gone Big 12 on us, <laughs> yeah. you know, seriously. Uh, but they've always had tremendous skill players at LSU on the outside. You just never knew that until they got to the NFL because they, they couldn't throw the football for whatever reason. And now Joe Burrow is having a tremendous year. Um, being, he's very accurate with the football, but he has so many playmakers around him. He's, a, he's making great throws, but he's letting those athletes do all the work. Yeah, their defense has to play more now, Steve. It's pretty uh, common sense that if your offense scores in four or five plays, well, defense right back out True. there. Yeah. And in the old days, uh, LSU would be out there. Even if they ran the ball three times – or four times and made a first down, one or two, at least the defense is resting a bit. Uh, but they're going right back out there because LSU's scoring a bunch and uh, they're, they're not playing like they used to. So when you look at the total possessions in the game, uh, those Big 12 teams, they may have uh, 18, 20 possessions or something like that in the course of the game. I remember some games uh, we had uh, eight to 10 possessions. If we could stay out there a while and, and uh, move the clock and you try to do that if you you don't have a defense that uh, is top notch uh, obviously when I coached at Duke our defensive kids played their hearts out but we had to stay on the field we had to have five six seven minute drives uh, to score to give them a chance to catch up and and not play the whole game uh, so anyway LSU their defense is playing a lot more plays maybe than they have in the past also and Georgia, you know, they're on national television. And look, they got a big win. Notre Dame's a good team. They got a big win, but it was a close game, and they only scored, only in this day and age, scored 23 points. So I wonder today, Shane, if you're a Georgia fan, you got to be happy you won that game. But, you know, going forward offensively, I don't know. Well, you know, that, that was a huge game. Um, I was impressed with Notre Dame. They played much better than I thought they would. Uh, when I look at the Georgia team, I, th- I think they're very solid. We all know they have tremendous athletes, uh, five stars, what have you. I look at their offense, and, and they want to run the football. Early in that game, Notre Dame was stuffing them. Uh, Swift got, a, got away a, a later in the game. But, you know, I think Jake Fromm is an extremely accurate passer, smart, knows where to go with the football. But their passing game is somewhat limited to me. They, As Coach calls it, they threw a bunch of sideways passes against Notre Dame. Uh, had a little bit of success, you know, getting the ball in the guy's hands in space. And the best throw he makes is the back shoulder throw. Uh, other than that, they don't, they don't really – they throw a few slants here and there, but they don't have a whole lot of route combinations and a whole lot of reading from what I, I've seen so far this year. But Georgia's a good team, and that was a good win for them. Yeah, I'll tell you what, the more I watch college ball, some of these teams, uh, uh, they run the ball and they throw the, the jump ball, the back shoulder, whatever you want to call it. But uh, – the defensive backs that play bump and run and have to turn their back to the ball, uh, that's what you should do. Just keep putting those guys in bad position. That's tough on those kids. I know sometimes they can knock it down, but uh, when you got the back to the ball and you got to watch that receiver and try to play his hands and all that, uh, it can be done some, but uh, that receiver to me has the advantage, especially if he's about six four or 5 and they throw the jump ball, then he, the receiver has a huge advantage, I think. We'll take a look at some of the games coming up this weekend. Stay with us as Inside the Huddle continues. I'm Steve Spurrier, sometimes called the head ball coach, and I'm here to tell you I got the SUV that I drive from Davis. 
Yeah, Coach, the word is out, and everybody is loving what's going on at Davis Gainesville Chevrolet and Palm Chevrolet down in Ocala. I stopped by each of the dealerships last week and saw tremendous deals all over the place and also all over the place, orange and blue. What's that mean, Coach? If you bleed orange and blue, Davis is the place for you. Davis Automotive Group, the official hometown automotive partner of the Florida Gators. This is Jack Fine at Fine Farcash and Parla Piano. Have you been in a car accident or injured because of someone else's negligence? Let our local team of trial lawyers find justice for you. With more than 100 years of combined experience, our firm has the resources necessary to fight for people just like you. We go up against billion-dollar insurance companies every day to get you the compensation you deserve so you could focus on your recovery. Find Farcash and Parla Piano. When life changes, we're there. Offices, Gainesville. Hi, this is Coach Spurrier here, and I have some great news for the Gator Nation. Our new restaurant, Spurrier's, is coming to Celebration Point in June of 2020. Spurrier's is going to be a restaurant to celebrate, and there's no better place for celebrations than Celebration Point in Gainesville. With prime premium destinations like Bass Pro Shop, Nike, Palmetto Moon, and Regal Cinemas, I am beyond thrilled to be a part of Celebration Point. Spurrier's is going to be one-of-a-kind restaurant with an exciting atmosphere and amazing food. I'll see you at Celebration Point, where the Gators go to celebrate. It's football season, and you know what that means. Endless circling to find a parking spot. Not if you're on two wheels. Gainesville Harley-Davidson has the ride for you, and their 2020 lineup is one that any Gator fan would stand up and cheer for. Check out Livewire, Harley's first electric bike with seamless throttle experience. No clutch to release, no gears to run through. You just twist and go. Get in the game at Gainesville Harley-Davidson. Go to GainesvilleHarley.com. Inside the Huddle with Shane Matthews, Steve Russell, and Steve Spurrier on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. At Titan MRI, no insurance is no problem. And Titan MRI has same-day scheduling available. So call them up today and start feeling better. That's TitanMRI.com. All right, guys, let's take a look at some of the games, not just in the SEC, but some of the key games around the country. Speaking of Notre Dame, Notre Dame is home. they got to turn around and play a good Virginia team. You wonder... It's, it's, it's a home game for them, but they expended an awful lot of energy playing Georgia. They did, and I'm sure they're beat up uh, physically, too, because that was a very physical football game. And uh, Virginia has a, a dynamic guy that can make plays with his legs at quarterback. So that'll be a game that I, I'm interested in watching. Coach, uh, you look at uh, Auburn, and they got to come here next week, and they're home, but they get Mississippi State. And if you're Auburn, you can't afford to look past the Bulldogs at all. Yeah, I think Mississippi State beat them last year, didn't they, uh, at uh, Starkville. But, oh, Mississippi State's capable of beating Auburn. So that should be a heck of a game. And uh, I don't know who I'm rooting for, but uh, <laughs> it should be uh, a good one here the following week. But uh, you're right. We need to, we need to beat Towson. They're 3-1. And, one, and uh, they got some ball players up there. Every time you think maybe 
the name uh, they don't have players, but uh, all these schools, San Jose State went into Arkansas and mm-hmm. beat them last week. So we got to be ready for these guys. The, the one good thing about Auburn playing Mississippi State, Mississippi State year in and year out is a very physical football mm-hmm. team. Yep. So, you know, you don't want to see anybody get hurt, but hopefully they beat them up a little bit. Does Nebraska have a chance at home against Ohio State? I don't think so. I mean, unless Ohio State turns it over a bunch, for whatever reason, those guys are rolling right now. You know, they were down 5 nothing uh, to Miami, Ohio, and the next thing you know, it's 76-5. to yeah, Ohio State looks like the cream of the Big Ten right now, definitely. But there's still a lot of season left for all those teams. But uh, it's at Nebraska, and that that give them a fighting chance. You know, guys, I wanted to ask about Michigan because, I mean, Jim Harbaugh coming back to Michigan, but it's been a rough go. Uh, they did not look good. Now, fortunately for them, they're home. They get Rutgers, a team that isn't very good. But uh, you would think the fan base, there's some concern in Ann Arbor, don't you think? Well, I think he went. he's now 0-17 as an underdog uh, at Michigan. And, you know, Coach can speak more than me about the pressure because here's another former quarterback that played at that school that is now the head coach. Uh, obviously, Coach had a lot more success, but um, I'm sure he can speak mm-hmm. to that much better than I can. I was driving over here this morning and listening to McElroy and Cannell on uh, Sirius XM. But anyway, they had some guy from Michigan call in, of course, and he said something about uh, maybe the locker room there. there there's some guys, they, they don't play as active or they're not as fast. Their, their team speed just does not look like the other teams they're playing against. And as we know, Army should have, could have, would have uh, beat them there. Uh, but Army's a good team. And then Wisconsin, you talk about well-coached. Man, I love watching those guys play. They can run it. They throw a bit and play really good defense. So I, I, I look for Wisconsin. If they don't get that running back, Jonathan Taylor, if he stays healthy all year, uh, they they could be the team that beats Ohio State. Yeah, 203 yards against that Michigan defense. Mm-hmm. All right, Coach, you know, he comes up with these, mm-hmm. and I love them. Coach says four teams in the AP poll that stayed in the poll – 200 straight weeks in the history of the poll. Hmm. So That was in the paper last week. Yeah. So yeah. who would those four teams be? I would have guessed two. Uh, I'm going to say Ohio State, Oklahoma. I'm not even going to say the wrong already. <laughs> He's already <laughs> off on two. Nah. nah. <laughs> no, this was in the Gainesville paper uh, two days ago. Yeah. I yeah. didn't read it, Coach. Okay. I did read it. Go ahead, Steve. Tell okay. me who the four are. Okay. Uh, yeah. Alabama, I would have guessed. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Florida, I would have guessed because of coaches' success. Whoa, whoa, yeah. What was the question again? AP poll, there's only been four s- schools that have been in it 200 straight weeks. 200 straight weeks. In the weeks. history of the poll. So it takes about 11 or 12 years at least to get Oh, okay. I was thinking like yeah. from now back. Oh, so, okay. yeah, I would have I guessed Florida, but I was thinking, I mean, you know, we went four and whatever a yeah. couple of times in the last few yeah. years. So, okay. Um, no. Alabama. Florida, Florida State, mm-hmm. and Nebraska, you know, in their heyday. Right, okay. You know, when they were really I misunderstood good. it. Yeah. And actually, us, FSU, and Nebraska, we were sort of all through the 90s in there. Yeah. And uh, Alabama just actually did it uh, last week, uh, all through Saban's era from, I think, 06 on. So uh, that's pretty neat. Uh, and FSU, of course, we know in the 90s, they were top five, top four uh 11, 12 straight years. What would have been interesting with the format of college football today with the 14 playoff, mm-hmm. how many times your teams in Florida State 
would have been in that mm-hmm. 14 playoff back in, back in those days. A lot. A lot of times we had uh, in the top five, we had the three Florida schools because Miami was awfully good back in those days also. It, you know, back in the day when they used to show the replays of those games, guys, you know, on Sun and whatever, mm-hmm. you just you heard the announcers call the names, and they were all NFL dudes. Oh, yeah. All of them. Uh, it was an amazing thing. We'll take a break, come back. We will wrap up today's Inside the Huddle podcast. Stay with us. Hey, man, what are you doing for the Gator game? I'm pumped up. A bunch of us are getting together early to tailgate all day on campus. You should come by. Cool. You grilling out? What? No way. And have to deal with all the messy cleanup? Forget that. We're having Moe's cater our game day tailgate. Moe's? I love Moe's. I didn't know they offered game day tailgate delivery. Yep, Moe's delivers everything you need. Napkins, plates, utensils, even free chips and salsa. Delivery is free for orders $175 or more. Just place your order at Moe'sCateringFL.com. That's Moe'sCateringFL.com. Have Moe's cater your game day tailgate. Just visit Moe's Catering fl.com and go gators hi i'm mark herman with mark herman company heating and air if you're a gator fan you know the phrase in all kinds of weather that can mean different things to different people for example when i was playing center for the gator football team back in the early 80s i loved hearing the crowd sing it it meant they appreciated our hard work and were standing behind us win or lose now as the owner of my own business the meaning has changed it means that my team and i stick behind our customers so if you'd like to save money on your utility bill Give our team a call and see how much we can save you. 378-9422. Levántate con el mejor café cubana y comida cubana norte de Miami. Uh, I need the English version today, please. Wake up to the best Cuban food and coffee north of Miami with Miapa Latin Cafe. Their breakfast sandwiches and arepas are made using the most authentic ingredients. Enjoy Cuban classics like ropa vieja and arroz con pollo. With great food, affordable prices, and friendly service from 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. every day, you can't beat the Miapa way. Visit them at either of their locations in Gainesville and Alachua. Miapa Latin Cafe, a proud supporter of the Florida Gators. The Science and Inventions of Football theme is kicked off at the Cade Museum. You can see inventions that have transformed every aspect of the game of football from player training to on-field play and how the game is viewed. Catch an inspirational talk with legendary football player and coach Steve Spurrier on September 26, starting at 7.15 p.m. at the Cade Museum for Creativity and Invention in Gainesville. Register at cademuseum.org slash calendar. Again, that's cademuseum.org slash calendar. Hi, I'm Coach Steve Spurrier, and I am a member of the Campus USA Credit Union. The Gator Nation has been counting on Campus USA Credit Union for over 80 years. Campus supports the Gators and our community. Campus membership is open to all UF students, faculty, staff, and alumni. Come see why over 100,000 members, like me, count on Campus USA Credit Union. So put some star power to work in your financial life. Visit CampusCU.com and join today. Well, it's a hard reality to know you're getting older, but we all have to go through it, and with it comes aches and pains with every single step, it seems like. But the good part is the pains are fixable if you take the time to stop by Titan MRI. There's lots of us out there that think we can handle the pain or it'll eventually go away, but what you may not realize, you could be ruining yourself for many years to come. So if you're just scared, don't be. Go see Joe and the crew at Titan MRI. Their entire mindset is finding out what you need to feel better, and the process is as easy as walking into the swamp and smiling. With an average scan time of just 10 to 15 minutes, you can knock it out on your lunch break before the boss even knows you're gone. Titan MRI is the only locally owned and operated MRI center in town, and their staff has more than 20 years of experience experience in the Gainesville community. And if you're worried about not having insurance, don't be. That's never a problem at Titan MRI. And they'll even have your scan read same day. So tell your doctor, refer you to Titan MRI or call them at 672-6644 today. 
Thanks for listening to... Connect more with crime prevention security systems and easily view cameras at your home or business. Contact them today at cpss.net. All right, we're going to wrap up our Inside the Huddle for this week. And, Coach, you had a chance to bring back the 94 team this past weekend. I, I would imagine those reunions are a lot of fun and uh, saw a lot of your players on the field with you. Yeah. Uh, well, Steve, I want to personally thank all the Gators that were at the ballpark in the swamp this past Saturday for a wonderful ovation for that 94 team. You know, we've only got nine SEC champs in, in the history of our school, about 85 years of being in the SEC. So we need to honor those guys and, and give them a little recognition. And, and the fans really did that. So I certainly appreciate that. Shane and his guys started it back in 1991. And, uh, and we need to get back putting, putting the, the year on the wall over there. That's my favorite wall, by the way, in the stadium where it says SEC champs. The Nationals are good, and maybe they're a little bit more bigger nationally. But in the South, and football is important in the South. If you don't think it's important, you see that Georgia-Notre Dame crowd? And uh, hopefully in two weeks we're going to have a crowd like that when Auburn comes in. But uh, to be able to bring honor and recognition to our university, uh, I think all Gators really appreciate that. You know, since Coach brought this up, Shane, um, Except in '84, and we all know what happened with that. It was it was just hard to believe that Florida hadn't won an SEC championship. Did it mean a lot to you as a player? Well, it did. I grew up in the South. You know, I grew up going to Ole Miss games, and you know, back when my dad played under Johnny Vault, Ole Miss was relevant. You know, a lot of people don't know that they actually won some national titles back in the day. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know, you know, winning SEC, and I think Bear Bryant was the one coach that said, look out, Florida's a sleeping giant if they ever get the right person in there. And we're fortunate that in 1990, that dude over there became our coach. Yeah, and the rest, as they say, is history. Um, I, I hope this week, too, guys, that – and I know sometimes 12 o'clock games – Shane, I know your thought process is sometimes favors the visiting team. Mm -hmm. Uh, this is going to be a 4 o'clock game, so there shouldn't be any issue about getting to the ballpark, and certainly for a 3.30 game against a big rival. I hope fans get there early and get in their seats and start cheering this Gator team on. Yeah, I think we'll have a pretty good crowd this week and uh, go from there. But, uh, uh, yeah, we're, we, we, it's a ball game. Uh, Towson, they're 3-1, and one, and they're going to give it their best shot. they got nothing to lose. They're going to pitch the ball around and see if they can make something happen, try to block a punt or whatever. So uh, we need to be ready to play. You know, it's it's funny because when, when these teams come in here, Coach, you mentioned it, that they would thank you, you know, for playing them. But think about those kids. Oh, They don't get a chance. To, I mean, they, they must be thrilled to come and play in a big place like this. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I think every kid, when they're growing up, they, they, their goal is to play college football. And we all – everybody wants to play Division One at the big SEC-type schools, but it doesn't always work out that way. So this is an opportunity for – probably a lot of those Towson guys aren't from the South. So they've seen the swamp on TV, and they get to experience it. Um, final thing real quickly. Um, when you look at Florida, is there any chance – Coach, did you think your team would ever look past an opponent when you had a big opponent coming up the next week? I mean, that shouldn't no, factor we didn't, into it. No, we didn't do that because we didn't talk about the next opponent. Some of our guys probably didn't even look at the schedule. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> no, we just went one at a time and go from that. Okay. That is our Inside the Huddle podcast for this week. Hope you enjoyed it. Next week, we'll review Towson and look ahead to a really big game in the Southeastern Conference as the Auburn Tigers come to town following their game this week against Mississippi State. 
Thanks to J-Kid for producing our program today. For the head ball coach, Steve Spurrier and Shane Matthews, I'm Steve Russell. Thank you for listening. We'll do this again next week. See you later. for listening to Inside the Huddle with former Gator QB Shane Matthews, WRUF's Steve Russell, and Hall of Famer, the head ball coach, Steve Spurrier. If you'd like to ask coach a question, email your questions to questions at insidethehuddlehbc.com. Podcasts are available at WRUF.com, the WRUF app, and anywhere you get your podcasts. What? Inside the Huddle is paid for by Weeby Marketing and produced by the University of Florida's ESPN 98.1 FM.